Ladies and gentlemen, good morning. This is November 13th and it is the second um, part of the new NSL Talk podcast that I started, I think it was yesterday or two days ago. And um, I have to say, it actually happened on requests for many good reasons. Um, I've heard this several times out of the skydiving community that a pod podcast would make it a lot easier for many people to follow the NSR news and events and the updates. Um, so you can listen to it uh, whenever you have time for it. And you don't have to go to the NSR website at skyleague.com. Actually, um, I, the plan is to have kind of two different media sources for you anyway. Um, in the long term, the, actually not in the long term, I will begin with this probably pretty soon that the NSR website at skyleague.com will have different stories than the NSR podcast. I have so much content and interviews and stuff collected over the years that the NSR website in itself would not be able to cover that all. And the NSR website is mostly um, to cover current events and uh, scores and, and updates which are coming out of events that are going on these days, videos, you know, dear. So the podcast will bring more events and more information from from the archives and which are related to current events of, at the same time, of course. Anyhow, so this is the second part. And uh, I also thought that before I continue with interviews and, and, and the, the usual updates, I actually owe the audience also a little bit more about <laughs> who is speaking here. So my name is Kurt Gabor. Uh, I live in the land and I have started the National Skydiving League in 1997, I believe it was. So I was looking into some earlier stories. In fact, on the NSR website, there is um, a part that is covering external media coverage of NSR events and the NSR in itself. So I took a closer look, haven't done that in a long time. And um, I found something that good old Mike Truffer, the um, founder of the Skydiving magazine, posted in <laughs> December 1997. The Skydiving magazine was a printed magazine almost like a newspaper and doing a similar thing uh, what I am doing with the National Skydiving League and uh, the NSR website, bringing skydiving events to the audience, to the skydiving world. Um, of course, he was covering everything and not only formation skydiving competition as the NSR news is doing that. Um, but he has been around um, for a very long time. Unfortunately, he left us a few years ago um, in a, after a skydiving accident. But um, 
he is still in the mind of many people and uh, he had this skydiving magazine which was a fantastic media um, part and i found in 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 one of his earlier um earlier issues and this one of uh, december 1997 i found something that explained somehow um, or reported the very early part of the national skydiving league so i'm going to start with this it says again skydiving magazine december 1997 headline is florida league starts second year the Florida Skydiving League has launched its second season with its first meet set for November 16. League director Kurt Gable has scheduled a total of 10 four-way RW competitions at four Central Florida DCs. This year the league will be open to all teams willing to commit for the whole season or at least seven of the 10 meets, Gable said. Last year, Gable limited participation to six invited teams, although others competed unofficially. This year, each team will put up a one-time registration fee of $200 that will be refunded if it attends all 10 meets. The team will forfeit $50 for each missed meet. Alternatively, teams may pay a $50 registration fee at each competition, but they won't be eligible for prizes or league points. Skydive Space Center in Titusville will join Skydive City, Skydive D-Land and Skydive Sebastian as meet hosts. Here are the dates and locations for the first eight meets, Zeffels and so forth and so forth and so forth, all in the winter of December 1997. And, um, 1998. Teams will once again be allowed to have as many alternates as necessary, but once an alternate competes with one team, he cannot compete on a different team at a later competition. The handicap system will remain the same. A team score in one meet will be used to calculate its handicap for subsequent meets, Gable said <laughs> in 1997. So that, that was the beginning, which means, in other words, that the National Skydiving League um, began in 1997 with, um, in Florida, with the Florida Skydiving League, and then um, it expanded pretty quickly with the Georgia Skydiving League and the Texas Skydiving League and several others. And um, here we are, and the National Skydiving League is still there. With, outdoor, with the outdoor network and it has also the World Tunnel League now with the indoor events, which is basically a copy of the National Skydiving League, the outdoor events and then the indoor cloud league is a recruiting ground for beginners or to bring people into four-way or formation skydiving competition and into the four-way world. Of course, this all goes much further back. So my whole own skydiving career didn't start with the Florida Skydiving League. Um, I may just, if it gets too long, I may cover that at a different time, but I grew up in Germany. Um, we just had this, um, the media covered that actually, the, the 30 year anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. So I lived in west berlin actually and um 
I started skydiving in 1980. So that was, let's see, the wall was built in 1961. And I started in 1980. The wall came down in 1989. So for nine years, I was jumping, but uh, not in Berlin because we were not allowed to. Um, the, the Germans had no uh, authority over the airspace over Berlin, so skydiving wasn't possible. Um, we had to travel to West Germany, which was for me about a three or four hour trip by car through East Germany. And then we, we could skydive. So. Um, in 1980, in May 1980, I made my first jump in in Meissendorf, small drop zone, which is still there near Hanover. And um, I did uh, didn't take too long, um, actually exactly one year until I knew I wanted to do four way and eight way later, um, and then. Um, I joined teams or formed my own teams and then didn't take too long until I made it to the national teams, won the national championships, first in eight-way, then in four-way, and then attended my first world championship in uh, Yugoslavia 1985. Um, well, that's another story I'll cover later. I had a, there was a car crash before. so. Long story, between 1985 and 1995, uh, basically, uh, for a decade, I competed with the German national teams in four-way and eight-way. Um, and um, I didn't take too long either to find out in that in skydiving, there was not much competition. We had, similar to the USA, we had, we had a one championship event basically um, every year. There were a few other regional, local regional meets, um, but basically one competition, um, the, the national championship, and uh, <clears throat> that was it. I came from soccer. So, you know, as a German, you grow up with a soccer ball glued to your feet. And um, in soccer, we would train every day, basically, and then, Every weekend there would be a competition, you know, a game, a league game. So that was competition, and I loved it. You know, I like to train, and then on the weekend you compare your skills and your your team with other teams, and on a regular basis. And uh, so the the whole sport of football, soccer, you know, we call it football in in Europe, soccer in here in the US. Um, it was well structured, well organized, and competition was just a natural part of the sport. And um, I was used to that. And when I started skydiving in May 1980, in my best soccer age, you know, 25, I think it was roughly, then I realized that uh, I had now started with a sport that I will do forever. You know, it will be, it will take me away from everything else um, in my life. Probably that um, felt like that, and as we can see, that turned out to be true. It um, it was surprising to me and kind of disappointing that there was no 
not enough competition, regular competition in skydiving. So even in Germany, that was already the case. And in Germany, I decided this needs to be changed. So I made plans in Germany for the for the um, Freifall Bundesliga, which would be now a copy or the same thing as a national skydiving league that eventually started here in in the states. And um, but at that time, I had already traveled back and forth, you know, naturally between Germany and and Florida for training camps and and uh, visits for longer periods of times because that's where the action took place in the US and in Florida. Um, so in 1999, <laughs> uh, well, early 90s, I was at the point where, you know, I, I was considering actually, I spent already almost half of the year in Florida and the summer in Germany, and I was con beginning to consider to move for good to the States. Um, for many good reasons. And then eventually in 1992, on top of all that, you know, between 85 and, and 95, I have tra I traveled back and forth with many teams, German teams to train here and then begin coaching with um, US teams and, and uh, compete with US teams like D-Land V&E was one of my, one of my US teams where we trained hard and and did well in in within the league system and even went to the World Cup in 1996 in Belgium with the US delegation. So anyhow, in 1992, met a girl, um, and that made me eventually um, move in 1993. So I packed up my stuff in Berlin, moved to Florida, and then. In 1996, 1996, got married. 1997, my first daughter, Erica, lovely Erica, was born. Two years later, Annika. Two years later, Kurt the third. And so the project in Germany, the National Skydivinik in Germany, had to be abandoned. In fact, I tried to set it in place with a partner. So after I left, it would. Um, it would continue, but it didn't. Um, there was nobody really taking the reins and, and putting it in place. So I moved and then eventually I had to realize the same thing as in Germany, um, that there was one national championships, the USPA nationals, and other than that, there wasn't really anything. And once again, I was a little bit disappointed. Now I was in the in the in the paradise of skydiving in Florida, um, and in the U.S., you know, the, the country of the world champions. And uh, there was no competition for me. Training I could do, yes, of course, the land BNE, and you know, other teams were training on a regular basis, but no competition. And that's when I started. Okay. Well, I will do my best at least to try and, and try to change that. And that's when the Florida Skydiving League was born. And that Michael Truffer covered with the Skydiving magazine in 1997. So now that was in a nutshell what happened before that. And uh, we are in 1997 now. And I'm going to leap forward a little bit because 
um, I found another article here actually in the which came from the came from the D Daytona Beach News Journal, and it was it's covering the the SkyQuest 2012 event, one of the events that I actually uh, also launched um, first at SkyQuest, the Sky Air Museum on between Orlando and Tampa. And um, the media participated on that pretty well. And one of them, the reporters, um, Patricio Ballona, um, he dug in a little bit deeper and explained in an article in December 2012, um, and it was a little earlier, I guess, but uh, what uh, the National Skydive League and SkyQuest and Kurt Gable were all about. and um, his language, of course, is the one of a professional. So I'm going to read that too. And um, then um, I guess that's where we're going to leave it for today because there's you know more interesting stuff actually that explains things about the National Skydiving League and what the goal is and the mission and what I am doing before we go to um, normal daily updates. So here it is, Daytona Beach News Journal, a popular um, a popular um, newspaper in those days, long ago. You know, everything is online now, as this one here. Um, oh, okay, before I start reading this, let me also bring to your attention quickly that this, what I'm doing here right now, the National Skydiving League, of course, is only possible because there's support for that. And the support comes partially out of the skydiving industry with um, advertisements and uh, currently it is, uh, it is uh, Vigil USA, the AAD, the best AAD on the planet that is supporting the NSL and then performance designs and, and other industry uh, that is behind what the NSL is doing. And then of course there are really um, fans of the National Academy who contribute with donations and um, to to the the operation of the NSL, which is a very small operation and very modest operation, but it needs to survive somehow. So you can do the same thing. There is there are options for donations and contributions on the NSL website at skyleague.com. You can be a patron. The regular support has to be little. Every little thing is helpful. Thanks for the attention. Now, here we go. Daytona Beach News Journal in um, in the fall of 2012. He skydiving coach man behind sports worldwide competitions. He Kurt Gable taps his laptop skis nonstop, sending messages and invitations to teams in the United States and around the world by Patricio Ballona. Papa Pink, as Gable is known by the skydiving buddies he has coached and trained, is getting ready for SkyQuest 2012, an event that will bring at least 120 skydivers from 20 countries around the world to D-Land. The competition at the D-Land Municipal Airport on November 15 to 18 will feature large formation competition, Gable said, pausing momentarily from tapping his keyboards. It's a 104 people formation and there will be jumping from five planes, Gable said. 
At a glance, Gable 56 in khaki shorts and a faded navy blue polo shirt appears like a helper disseminating information about the event. But for skydivers who really who rally to the greeting blue skies go compete, a call to go skydiving, Gable is a man who has jumped life into their daring sport by creating a league that produces year-round competition. In 1997, Gable formed the Deland-based National Skydiving League, modeled after the German football-soccer club game format. The season begins with an opening event in March in Deland and ends in Deland with a November SkyQuest and National Championship. I love the whole idea of an organized skydiving league, something our sport has lacked for many years, said Ed Ganley via email. Ganley, an Ohio resident who has been jumping out of airplanes for sport since 1997 and has made more than 4,000 dives, said Gable's organization has significantly fostered the growth of competitive skydiving. It has created regional leagues and provided a gateway where individuals can network to form teams and work with other competitors in the United States. In the old days, skydivers were left to form their own teams and had only one official meet a year, Ganley wrote. The idea of the skydiving league dates back to Gable's soccer days, which started near the Berlin Wall in Germany. He saw the Berlin Wall rise from scratch in 1961 separating him and his family from the church and cemetery where his beloved grandfather was buried. The tome stayed on the communist side of Germany, Germany's capital city. I couldn't go there anymore, but I was lucky to be on the west side, Gable said. What the wall couldn't imprison was a soccer field about a thousand feet west of it, or Gable's competitive spirit. He grew up playing there, learning all the competitive skills that made him a rising soccer star as a semi-pro midfielder for the Berlin All-Stars team, All team at age 25. At that time, while browsing a newspaper for real estate, a small ad from the Berlin Parachute Club caught his eye. It renewed Gable's desire to fly. He called the club and made his first jump in May 1980. I felt at home with it, Gable said, floating in the air at 14,000 feet for one minute without using his parachute. The wish to fly suddenly became real. It's a feeling you can't describe with words. You have to do it to get it to be able to understand, Gable said over pizza and beer at Tom's Pizza in the Land. <laughs> Tom's Pizza in the Land. I'm still going there every Wednesday with friends. Juggling soccer, law school, and skydiving, the adrenaline rush of falling out of a plane won in the end. He quit preparing for the bar exam, left soccer, and started a beginner skydiving team. And while on training trips to Florida, he met his wife, Becky, in 1992. Shortly after, he moved all his operations to Florida, but soon discovered skydiving lacked one element, competition. Competition to me is the salt in the soup, Gable said. You compete, it makes you perform better, and delivering better performance is always more fun. And so Gable applied the German soccer club's format to skydiving. The soccer format applied to skydiving is extremely unique and creative, said Bob Hallett, owner of Skydive Land. It's a project Kurt has worked on and modified over the years. The league has attracted skydivers from all over the United States and around the world to the land. 
We have benefited from the national inter and international exposure as well as a specific activity level, Halleck said. Gable's organization, which has created weekly and monthly competitions, has added thousands of jumps to Halleck's operations. What Kurt has done is to provide the opportunity for league-type competition, Halleck said. For Glenn Hauenstein of the Georgia Skydiving League, the move by Gable is a great idea. Gable coached Hauenstein's team Mr. Pink, earning him the name Papa Pink. Gable is doing what was needed to make the sport more attractive to people with an interest in skydiving, Hauenstein said. I am a big fan and supporter of the NSR and Kurt's efforts to provide an ongoing outlet and platform for four-way skydiving competition, Hauenstein said. For more information on the National Skydiving League, visit skyleague.com or call 386-801-0804. And <laughs> that is still the same. The NSL website is still under skyleague.com and the phone number is still the same phone number, believe it or not. That is seven years later <clears throat> after this um, nice overview of the NSL mission and the NSL purpose by the Daytona Beach News Journal. I found other articles about the earlier days, and I think I will I will get to that um, later with more. Um, for now, I think I'm gonna let it be like that uh, and follow up later. I think I owed it to the audience and to everybody. Many people don't really know who is behind the, the NSL and the National Skydiving League behind skyleague.com and what I really did by myself. So I think uh, I I had to do this. I don't really like, um, like it that much to talk about myself, but um, since the new podcast um, is now out there, and uh, I will follow with much more information. I think the starting point is my own profile somehow. So thank you very much to for the attention and for the patience to listen to that. It will soon become much more interesting and exciting with the contemporary news and updates and scores and information and insights that uh, I cannot elaborate on usually on the website, it gets too long and then boring. So um, thanks for, for being here. And again, keep in mind that, um, that there is help necessary to sustain this, what I'm doing here and what all the people who are helping the NSL are doing. There are a lot of volunteers involved who are helping with administration and management and so forth. Um, and to, to continue this, we need help, financial help. So um, you can do that by advertising on skyleague.com or by donating and contribute to, to the income. This is November 13th and the end of this session of new NSL talk podcast. And I hope to see you again where I will follow up most likely tomorrow again. I'm trying to make this also a daily update. And uh, thank you for listening.